This episode of Marketing Nerds is sponsored by WordStream, a provider of software and services that help businesses and agencies take the guesswork out of pay-per-click advertising. Get early access to a special Marketing Nerds episode with the founder of WordStream, Larry Kim, about the big upcoming changes to Google AdWords and their impact to your AdWords account. Sign up at searchenginejournal.com slash wordstreampodcast. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial at searchenginejournal.com forward slash audible and get your first book for free. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen hard at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, and welcome to Marketing Nerds. I'm Caitlin Ruleen, social producer at Search Engine Journal, and today we'll be talking about the future of social advertising opportunities and what's new in formats and targeting. We're joined by Boz Boshan, digital media director for NDP, a Richmond, Virginia-based ad agency. Boz is responsible for monitoring consumer media habits in order to build integrated digital media strategies for marketing programs. He works with some of the agency's largest healthcare clients, including Kindred Healthcare and Massachusetts General Hospital. Boz was previously a member of Capital One's brand advertising team, designing media strategy for Venture and Quicksilver credit cards, as well as the NCAA and other national sports sponsorships. His career began at the Martin Agency, working on media strategies for Altel Wireless, BF Goodrich, and NASCAR. Thanks for being here, Boz. Glad to join you. Um, so to start off, uh, could you give us some insights on how social media, social media advertising, um, and our relationship with it has evolved over the last five to seven years or so? Sure. Yeah, it's, um, you know, within digital media, it's always interesting to see how consumer habits change over time. And, uh, you know, looking at the pace of change, it always seems like, uh, you know, the thing that pops up this week and becomes popular was completely unexpected. And, uh, so, of course, it's very hard to look into that crystal ball and see where things will be in five or seven years. But I think, you know, where we are today is really, you know, the age of platforms, as everyone is saying. And uh, it's really becoming more about adjusting the ad experience to match that environment in social media. So uh, we know that users are spending vast amounts of time in Facebook. Uh, you know, noteworthy in the last week that Facebook uh, weighed in on the ad blocking discussion and this has said that they have a point of view on that. Um, of course, in a very Facebook way, it's very uh, it's very tech-focused and kind of uh, a tech solution rather than kind of um, the overall philosophy of there's a value exchange here, and in order to get your social media fixed, there needs to be some ads to help support it. But I, I think as we look at that, um, you know, as things have evolved and uh, all the various platforms, you know, I was at Capital One for about uh, four years and saw, uh, you know, experimentation within with new platforms launching like Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and what's the right way to use Twitter uh, versus Facebook. Uh, and how do you handle that as a national brand that has, uh, you know, local market presence with retail banks? So do you set up separate pages for each of those banks or do you just go all in with kind of the one, you know, mother brand presence? So it's, it's been really interesting to see what's happened. And I, I, again, I think where we are is less transactional, more relational. People are, are looking for kind of that long-term, how do I build something that's sustainable? 
um, rather than exploit this channel in the short term for sales. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that's kind of, I guess, the overall point with it. Um, it's just about that value exchange. And if you're going to have that relationship with the platform, make sure that you're, you're building that for uh, long-term good. Yeah, and the, and the platforms are even um, taking note of this to an extent. And like recently with like, oh, hey, Facebook is not going to be um, showing clickbaity ads or, or clickbaity posts as much. Um, as they used to. And, you know, so it's becoming more and more important to actually notice what generates or or what is good content, what generates good engagement on these social platforms and adapt for that in a constantly, you know, moving manner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Facebook, um, you know, as a publicly traded company looks at it and and says, here's our short term goal. um, And we've got, you know, some things that we need to achieve with our revenue. But also, of course, is you know measuring that against what at what point are we going to turn off users and they're not going to be as interested in engaging and do we see their uh, their time spend start to drop because we're we're forcing more ads into the experience actually at the detriment uh, of their overall use of Facebook. So I, you know I think that they're looking at all of that and trying to decide what's the right role with this and. Uh, those kind of, you know, those sorts of headlines uh, or what's getting people to engage. And, you know, they're they're experimenting as well with the ad types and the units that they're they're employing. So, uh, you know, I've heard statistics about maybe upwards of 80 percent of incremental budgets going to Facebook and Google. I don't really have, um, you know, anything to verify that with. But I, I think it's an interesting point uh, in kind of how they're able to gobble up uh, additional dollars that would go to digital and, you know, within that, I, I, again, I think that they're trying to test what's the right environment in the role of the advertising. So with their Canvas ads, uh, you know, they see more and more engagement on mobile and smartphones being ubiquitous. What's the right ad experience on mobile? It's not going to be that kind of uh, display banner from desktop shrunk down into a smaller space. So how do we build something that's immersive and full screen and engaging and get somebody to, to raise their hand? while they were looking for that dopamine fix and scrolling through Facebook, let's give them a good um, experience here and let them go further on their own. Um, so I think it's, you know, a, an interesting way to look at it. Uh, and we've seen success with that for, uh, for some of our clients and not kind of repurposing creative, but really building something that's native to the platform and uses some of those cues. Why not make it scroll? Why not make it interact the way that it should on mobile? Um, so I think that's the way yeah. things are going. Yeah, and I mean, it, it even plays into digital uh, video. When we, you know, you look at digital video and you're going to run it in the Facebook environment, you know, I, I think everybody now realizes, okay, it's autoplay, it's silent, it's subtitled. What's the right approach for that? How do we load our branding at the front end? You know, again, somebody is scrolling through. Where is your attention more limited than it is in social media? You're scrolling through, you're looking for something. It's got to catch you quickly. Otherwise, you're going to keep scrolling. Exactly. And there's just always so much content going out. So ma- most people just, you know, just generally scroll and like skim. They're not going to stop at something. That's why, you know, on Twitter, you don't get the click through rate that you do on other um, other platforms because people are like, oh, yeah, I'll see it. I might retweet it if I like, you know, the context in the 140 characters, but probably not going to click through to it the majority of the time, unfortunately, for marketers, you know. Yeah, exactly. I I think I kind of avoided your question of where it's going to be in the next five or seven years. But I think, you know, that's, that's, I guess, my overall point that uh, it's about that value exchange and not being transactional with the audience. Um, So I can't say where that's going to go. But I think, 
you know, the role of, you know, we're still human. We're not going to change. We like to gossip. We like to share news. We like to consume video. We like something that's cool and funny and interesting. So yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, over time we'll see where that evolves. I think, um, you know, as the, the, the bigger media players are looking at attention and where, where users are choosing to spend their time, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Mm-hmm. And I think we can look over the past couple of years. I mean, even the past two years, um, we saw from doing some research for this, I saw there was a 33% jump from 2014 to 2015 in spend on social media advertising and that it's expected to be about 15% of all digital ad spend by 2017. And um, so I think that's just like, it shows, you know, the past couple of years aren't just like a trend for a couple of years. Like this is, you know, increasingly, we're always on our phones. We're always on, you know, wearables where we want the stuff that can be on our bodies at all time versus like, oh, I had to go get on a a desktop or a laptop and load up my browser. Yeah. Or turn on a television even anymore. Um, You know, everybody's watching Netflix and HBO Go and like streaming their shows versus having it on on the TV some of the time. Um, Yeah, exactly. I I think the, you know, there, so there was Kodak. Now there's really no longer Kodak, but there's Instagram. So we're still interested in photography and photos and sharing things and creating memories and preserving them. So it's, I, I think that's kind of the overall point that there's some innate human things that are going to continue. Mm-hmm. It's just, what is the platform? It might be fluid and it might, you know, it might be Facebook. It might be a little bit different. It might be something new that's still in development that, uh, you know, what, what happened to Ello? What happened to Peach? You know, these things that bubble up and then uh, quickly have, have died away. I mm-hmm. think, you know, there's um, just such a tonnage of, of users in Facebook now that it, it's going to be around for a while, uh, but we'll have to see sort of how that changes over time. The, you know, the, the tricky thing with digital is uh, really overall tracking. You know, that's a question that comes up from clients all the time is what is the overall spend? What, uh, what percentage of our budget should be in digital? How do we decide that for social media? You know, social can be very hard to track um, and, and digital as well. Um, but, you know, eMarketer, for example, has said that, well, in 2016, it's really about 9% of total spend in social uh, and I think that was from Magna Global study. So, you know, overall, the point, I guess, is whatever it is, if it's 9%, if it's 20%, if it is, you know, 33, whatever, it is creeping up over time. And we're seeing that more budgets are going to digital than they are uh, further investing in television. So I think, you know, uh, if they're saying that it's going to be 35% this year and 38% next year, it's about the overall growth within digital and then how do people prioritize those platforms and what are they looking for against their goals? So, yeah. you know. And I think, well, you, I think you hit on a really good point where you're like, hey, you know, the customers are still liking the same thing, maybe in a different format, but they're still liking, you know, images. They're still caught by video. I mean, I keep hearing over and over again in this industry, invest in video. Um the top three, you know, social networks for ROI, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are all favoring video now. Um, so I think it does, it pulls into, Hey, how does social media or social advertising pull in the um, future of TV advertising? How have these patterns in media usage transformed? 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's been kind of a race, uh, you know, I guess in the the overall industry trend over the last five years, there was sort of a race in, in marketing tech and ad tech to add more tracking to go deeper and understand, you know, these discrete segments and hyper you know, hyper targeting populations and looking at uh, everything at the most granular level. Now we're hearing, you know, Procter and Gamble is pulling back and has said uh, some of this could be negotiating power uh, as they're looking at their overall budget with Facebook. But I, I think. The point can also be true that as they're looking at Facebook overall and saying, here is, you know, 200 data points against each of these people. How do we want to then divide up our brand spend for direct response? And they're sort of saying that, well, at some point we fragmented ourselves into obsolescence. So, you know, is it innately a place for direct response advertising? Uh, And those data points could be there and can exist and everything is infinitely measurable. But is that really the way to invest in the platform and the way to approach the audience uh, in that transactional manner? Uh, you know, again, it's uh, whatever happens, we're still going to be looking at a sales funnel to some degree and saying, okay, we've got to have an awareness goal. We've got a consideration phase. We've got a direct response. You know, I still think that search is, is really where those direct response dollars are better spent. And, and really social media is more in that kind of middle ground of consideration. You can use it to help push preference uh, and brand loyalty and equity and make something that's interesting and shareable. But, you know, it's probably like getting somebody to pull out of their newsfeed to immediately go by may not be the best solution. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've really talked about a lot here at Search Engine Journal with our um, our conferences that we do. Um, you know, we do a lot of social advertising, especially Facebook advertising, and it is very much an indirect conversion sort of asset. We think that it's very important. Um, I think that's how, you know, obviously a lot of companies do um, because it does. It increases that brand awareness, customer engagement, other indirect conversion um, type of discussions. Um, but yeah, especially for, you know, high-priced items, um, you know, tickets to things, high-priced products, you're not going to get, yeah, somebody clicking out of Twitter and immediately buying, you know, a $100 product, $150 product. Right, exactly. You know, and I think overall, the well, I was going to say the, you know, I I guess consumer time spent on social and then, you know, kind of as a sub-bullet of that is their, their time with video consumption. So as Snapchat's blown up and as Instagram has added you know, live to that. And we still see solid engagement in Twitter for video. Um, you know, I think the the Periscope and the Meerkat kind of live live uh, streaming platform question is still out there of what's going to happen with those types of uh, experiences. But I think, you know, for the brand advertiser, it's, it's really kind of thinking about that social platform and the video consumption, what people are looking for. And is that really just a repurposed TV spot or is it something different? And what does that look like moving forward um, if it's, you know, the three-second platform for Facebook where they're counting that as a view or Snapchat as it's, you know, being considered views as soon as it renders on the screen? I mean, it's the metrics are still in play and we're looking at what's the right role um, with each of those platforms. But to some degree, people love video and will continue to consume that. So just being prepared to, to offer something up that's visually entertaining and interesting. Yeah, and just keeping it, you know, on your general strategy plan, I think is so important because we have seen even such changes in this election season. Um, You know, they were live streaming the um, national conventions on Twitter Um, and just those possibilities for the future of television being directly in our social media platforms or directly related to them, at least. Um, I mean, we see the 
hashtags and uh, you know handles for Twitter on um, pretty much every news station that you turn on to these days. Oh, yeah. um, so I think that integration is just becoming, I mean, obviously powerful, but more and more powerful every month or so, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I mean, going back on to that whole idea of, you know, we see the stats, we know social media influences buying behavior, but it is kind of hard to discuss this, like, indirect conversion, what is the return on investment to um, clients, company heads. So the ultimate question that they have is, hey, is this going to make me money? Um, so what are a few things you think um, that a team could tell potential clients that'll help them understand the social media advertising, how it works, um, that it's worth the money and time to invest in? Well, yeah, I think it, it's really talking to the client about their their own goals, their target. Um, so understanding, you know, within that full target analysis, who are these people? What are their typical media behaviors? Uh, you know, weighing social media against everything else that they're doing in their daily lives. Uh, and then the budget, how, you know, how much budget is there and how far can we stretch it? So if we look at those priorities, you know, the, the audience might be 55 and older, and they're primarily, you know, broadcast primetime viewers with a little bit of light, you know, online, uh, maybe they're checking their bank statements and the weather or, you know, Facebook to follow up with the grandkids, whatever it is. So it's, again, it's kind of unique to each budget, uh, each brand, each target. But, you know, ultimately, I would say, look at, um, you know, what the the innate benefits are of each of those platforms and whether you're going to build something yourself and send something up, then uh, that's a little bit separate than using it as a paid media opportunity and be prepared to staff it. Um, you know, so many times I come across those brand pages that have been set up, but then are not active for the last six months. And it just is such a missed opportunity. And it's not that, um, you know, I think sometimes brands can get into uh, analysis paralysis and just think that it's it's too much and it's too overwhelming and how do I know that this thing I set up isn't going to be irrelevant two days from now and then it's on to the next platform but you know you have to be willing we're, we're in an age now where you have to be more agile you have to be willing to experiment you've got to test and learn not everything will work but if you're not in the game you're going to lose completely so just be open to that and test it and, and see what happens um, I think there's, you know, a variety of brands now that are, are coming out and emerging that, uh, you know, I think these brands are, are really looking at themselves as communities. I don't think that they're looking at it as a business. I think it's um, whether it's something that starts from Kickstarter or a GoFundMe, you know, there's an idea there. And then there, it's something that one person was passionate about enough to invest their time and energy and then they're sharing that with others. And you're seeing these communities develop where people are, you know, building around something as a shared value from the brand, which um, I, I think is really compelling and will make it interesting to see how that ends up competing in the long term with some of the, the players that have been around for a while. Um, you know, SoFi as, as a finance brand, uh, kind of living in the world of Capital One for a while um, and seeing what they were doing. And then SoFi comes out, which is, you know, trying to reinvent the student loan model and helping people write down their debt and does social uh, events, you know, a lot of happy hours and does career counseling and all these things. It's like, yes, that's a home run. That absolutely makes sense. Um, and I think, you know, other things as we look at the brick and mortar role and online shopping, I think um, spring is one that, that I wasn't even aware of until this year that I think is really fascinating where 
it's a shopping destination online, but the entire point is really discovery uh, and letting people feel like they're having that joy uh, of the the physical world shopping experience of you walk into a place that was unexpected and here's something really cool that was just for me. Um, so that's a little bit different than the kind of algorithm of Amazon where based on your previous behavior, we're going to serve up the things that we think are going to get you to respond. This is, you know, a little bit of a, a different experience in the online shopping, but I think is a similar thing um, in terms of just helping build that community and making people feel like they belong. Awesome. Well, that actually kind of answers, um, I was going to ask you what brands you've seen that are, um, you know, at the cutting edge of this that you've really enjoyed um, checking out, seeing develop. So Sophie, um, S-O-F-I, I assume? Sophie, yeah. Then, yeah. Sophie, yeah. Sophie and Spring. Um, I'll definitely take a look into those. I always like having new um, kind of case studies and, and brands to look over for things like this. Well, I think even, uh, you know, media organizations themselves, we, we may not really, you know, I, I think of them as kind of partners on the plan and vendors, but, you know, they, they are also uh, businesses that run that have users that are uh, engaging with them and uh, contributing to their bottom line. So I, I think even Pandora, looking at something that's existed for a while with a particular model um, that's now potentially, you know, they've got a mix of sales, they're selling advertising, they also have users who love their music and are enjoying the stations that are put together. Uh, so they've got, you know, this mix of, of interest there in the value exchange. But what does that look like for uh, for the future? So I know their, you know, their CEO is back involved and in trying to set the expectations for the long-term uh, plan with Pandora. But I, th- I think that's another example where you've got people that are passionate about something that want to see it succeed, but you've got to match that experience um, where you threaten to turn them off and have them abandon using you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of that, especially in um, the young companies who who do start really excited and may not start with like a plan and a strategy and kind of have that, hey, like I can do something without a lot of delegation. We can we have this great idea. Let's run with it. Um, and it starts out great. Um, but I've noticed that there are there are a lot of companies, especially as you know, everybody has a social media page and is always out there. Um, and you can see some it's like, okay. Well, take the time and make sure you have your strategy. You're not just creating a platform to be on, or you're creating a page to be on the platform. Um, and I think that's, you know, always good advice, whether you're a novice or have been working in uh, in this industry for a long time. It's like, hey, take a second, think about how you're going to do it so you do have this great idea and do it well. Right. And it's, it's also not abandoning your, you know, your own core concepts and uh, your core business too. I mean, they're if you already have a website and it's working well, that doesn't mean you stop using it. It's, you know, it's all additive. The, you know, the way that users are behaving now, what they're doing online is not replacing completely what else they've been doing in the past that, yeah, I mean, we can argue it's chipping away from TV, it's chipping away from print, but most of this is additive. Now they're just finding uh, things that are more engaging throughout the day that they're playing around with. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a and it's a constant stream of information versus like oh I might have to wait for this program I might have to you know pick up this paper tomorrow um, you know I think it's important to be like hey well we're we're constantly in your mind we're here um, all the time whether you're you know laying on your couch or walking down the street yeah I mean that's a really good point and that's um, you know in a way it reminds me of the Olympics which everybody has been talking about for the last week since um, you know, since it wrapped over this weekend and I I think. Uh, 
you know, NBC is learning some hard lessons about trying to force fit content um, into the, you know, the traditional broadcast primetime model and looking at, um, you know, an, an opportunity that was served up for, uh, you know, a multitude of sports where people can go as deep as they want and follow everything as it's happening. We, we do live in that world now where everybody gets breaking updates on their smartphones. Um, so if you've downloaded the app, you've opted in for the notifications, you're going to see the notifications throughout the day. And then this broadcast partners decided that they're going to repackage the content and air it in prime time. So I think, you know, there, you know, there's a limitation there and what they were expecting to happen with the TV viewership that didn't really match what they were doing online. So, you know, I think that, um, again, just allowing the user to be uh, free to engage where they want to and on their own terms and go as deep as they want. I mean, what, what are you going to lose by having them go further in digital? You're giving them uh, the content they want. You're, you know, I think the Olympics are amazing for those kinds of stories that happen where uh, we see some of these, um, you know, the talented younger athletes blow up and then all of a sudden they've got, uh, you know, fans across the world. And then, but we only get to see them, you know, compete so often. So I think kind of allowing people to see those and it's emotional. People get invested. I think that's a big part of it um, is letting people get as involved as they want to be and on their own terms. So if they're sneaking some views in a, in a meeting during the day, you know, why would you not want them to do that? Um, or, or conversely, if they prefer to watch it on the big screen at home, then why would you not have it uh, broadcast live on TV? Exactly. You know, you want to reach everyone. And now we have, you know, more ability to do that than we ever have before. Yeah. And it's, it's going to trend on social regardless. So, you know, don't fight it, go with it. Yeah. You might as well be at least a little bit in control of it. You will able to, you know, put that information out there and be the one that they can credit it to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming today. This was, um, a really like interesting conversation. I enjoy talking to you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. It's always interesting to see uh, where the world is going and how we use media and consume it in our daily lives, and ultimately for brands, how that it you know how that affects their purchase decisions and what they choose to do. Exactly, and making the cu- the customer comfortable. You know, it's like we don't want to be feel like we're being like bogged down with advertisements and sell like sales and call to actions when we're you know using our phone or you know just kind of wanting to enjoy our social experience. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the creative that's out there, I feel like um, brands are getting more adept at doing that for digital and creating things that are unique and interesting and not just kind of the old, we're going to produce it for TV and then run it online approach. So I, th- I think, you know, that's what the future holds is a lot more interesting content and a lot more, uh, you know, varieties of formats. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in to Marketing Nerds. Our guest today was Boz Boshan of NDP. You can follow Boz on Twitter at Boz at Work and learn more about NDP at ndp.agency. As always, you can tweet us with any questions or comments at hashtag Marketing Nerds. And thanks to everyone who's left a rating or review in iTunes. They really do help others discover the show. We'll talk to you next week. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.